9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Go Plug Yourself as we continue to quarantine ourselves. So this is episode five of Go Quarantine Yourself. Uh, Lawrence and Vendito joined me today. Um, we got together. Our plan was to talk about uh, kind of uh, some stuff that makes us nostalgic, uh, old cartoons, uh, toys, and uh, and stuff like that. Uh, we ended up doing some of that. We also talked a bit about sports uh, because Ines was not around to, uh, to rein us in. So we talked about sports for like half an hour. Uh, but then we do get into the, some of that nostalgia stuff, and then we talk a bunch about um, cell phones uh, and our first cell phones. Remember getting your first cell phone? Yeah, we look on that back on that time real fondly. Uh, enjoy the show, everybody, and uh, thanks for sticking with us in these uh, times of isolation. Stay safe, stay indoors, uh, do all of the things to uh, that we're supposed to be doing during the COVID-19 epidemic. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, it's time for another Go Plug Yourself podcast. Um, yeah, we'll get going. Get going. Go quarantine yourself episode, I don't even know, five, four. Four or five, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's it. I was always, like, when when he started, I was like, oh, we'll do this for, you know, like a week or two until it, like, it's, it's all back to normal. And Remember like, at I first when you were like, uh, so we're all meet up in my house? And, we're, and all of us were like, no, Keith. No, <laughs> none of, us are coming yeah, to your none house. of that. It was the, like, the 14th of March when I said that. It was, like, it was really, it was right at the opening door. I was like, let's get to, yeah. So... But, uh, and as, unless Lily Bear and I in the group chat were like, hard no, absolutely not. Find a way to Definitely. do it online, Keith. <laughs> the fuck out of here. It didn't seem like unusual. At the, I mean, it was like, it was before they had shut down the city or anything. They were like, oh, like, don't They travel. shut down I... sports, Keith. You know yeah, they had, they had they... not shut down sports yet when they I was they trying had. to record this they podcast. Had. No, no. They, Mark... The thing is this. I think they they took too long to shut things down. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I think I think they should have done it faster, right? Like, I understand if it's like, oh, we're our sports and all this money we're making and shit like that, but like, shut it down faster so that we can take the maximum amount of time for this to like go away. Yeah, yeah? like if if we pull the trigger fast, like I think that's the I guess the thing that I'm sure like billionaires can't get their heads around is I was like, if you pull the trigger faster on shutting everything down, you'll come back faster to like making your money back. Well, so right. to, me, to me, at this point, it's the fucking testing. How, how do we not have enough tests? What are we doing? Oh. South Korea is back to back to everything, pretty much. There's yeah. some social distancing guidelines, but they even have sports back. And they're allowed to attend the games because they're testing people every day. They had yep. two cases in a country of 51 million people yeah. the other day. But there's uh, a big part, a big part of that big- is they... People take it seriously, and they wear what? these masks, and they do the social distancing. Like, but it's also the testing. Like, yeah, it, it, oh, yeah. it's it's the easy access to the testing. They were testing ten thousand people a day. We're not we're not even testing that yet. It's fucked up. The, test, the, the testing. How hard is it to get testing? And if these no, sports league, it, if these sports leagues want to come back, the best way to do it is because they need testing themselves. <laughs> for them, the best way to do it is to, to for every. Test you use for a player, buy three tests for a hospital or um, 
yeah. a testing facility. And yeah, that way, Canada, it's a good PR move, and it's it helps everybody. And we get sports Canada, back, and I can gamble even, again. <laughs> I was going to say, but in Canada, it's an even weirder thing, because like part of it's also on the population, because we don't have a test shortage. In the States, they have a test shortage. You can't get a test to save your life. If you need a test in Canada, you get it immediately. Yeah, like, are they free? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're you, free? yeah, hundred percent. Like, there's even like some of the drive up stuff. Uh, um, a buddy <laughs> of mine, his girlfriend had like a bit of a weird like nagging cough, and they were like, "Well, is it seasonal flu or is it this thing?" And it was just like you call up, you talk to Info Sante or whatever, you get the reference. And he was like, and they had an appointment the next day. They drove up, you do the thing and open up the window. That's like it. A dri- like a drive through Like someone like sticks their arm out a window with a swab and you just like dunk it in your mouth and you drive away and they call you? It's pretty much, yeah. That's it. It's like, it's like a bare yeah. minimum of oh, human funny. contact. My father, my father has to do maintenance drugs uh, for chemo because he went through three rounds of chemo. Okay. And what they used to do is they used to have him go to the hospital draw blood and then he would sit around for an hour and a half and then his doctor would come talk to him be like hey your numbers are good we need to do this xyz now what they do because his doctor is like the head of the covid response the jewish general so they have a cordoned off section of the hospital where you walk in no wait time no like um triage or anything like waiting room garbage they walk in they scrub you down with like purell Take your blood, and then they send you the fuck home, and then they call you. It's yeah. like they minimize the amount of time that you could be in the hospital. I was like, why haven't we been doing this? Like, why haven't <laughs> we been doing this forever? Like, if you don't have to, like, have us wait around for four hours to do something that we've seen you can do in six minutes, yeah. what is this? Like, it's it's so frustrating, but, like, I'm just happy he doesn't have to, like, chill in the hospital for two yeah, hours. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, I've had a couple, like, strings of, of blood tests and all that stuff, and... and occasionally they give me the option where they're like, Oh, like you can go home and then we'll like, but the thing is they're like, if you go home, we'll give you the results in like two or three days, or you can wait around for like the couple hours or whatever and get it. And I was like, I'll take the two or three days, man. I was like, I don't want to sit in the hospital yeah. for, for are, you, are, you like a guy, are, are you like a guy who's nervous about health things? No, not in like general. I just, contract okay. no, 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 not at all. I just like, I, the last, last couple times it's like, whatever that every two, every two years you're supposed to have your blood work checked or whatever. So says my doctor. <laughs> so like, I just do the, the, the prescribed, it's been X amount of time, get your physical, get your blood test, get all that stuff. I've, whenever right. I get I, my, uh, whenever I get my blood work done, the doctor, uh, shows immense shock at the results of the test. He's like, fuck me. Are you serious? 47% fruit juice. How's that possible? No, he, <laughs> no. first of all, uh, Lawrence, mm, Diet Cokes, uh, 47%. Percent. <laughs> the level of aspartame should kill three men, but somehow Jeez. you made it through. I'm a fucking medical marvel. You're uh, medical marvel. <laughs> they have this, this case study. They're teaching it to incoming doctors. It's this kid. It's this guy in Montreal. Hey, Montreal. More Diet Coke than blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More aspartame than man. It's just Diet Coke and tomato sauce. <laughs> That's um, so funny. You guys gonna watch the UFC tonight? Yeah, I think so. I'm uh, trying to. I mean, like, why not? Like, I, I'm so torn on the. Talk about a PR disaster. They, one of them has <laughs> been uh, confirmed with this COVID. Is the, so this oh, is yeah. the fight, right? Yeah, there's eleven well, no. fights tonight. Yeah, yeah, but eleven. That's, that's, uh, there were supposed to be twelve, but one got canceled because one guy got tested on Wednesday when they got to Jacksonville there. 
and he got so COVID. So then his, his, his opponent should go out there and have to fight the doctor that diagnosed him. <laughs> Someone was like, the, the fight should just go on and, and see if the other guy shows up. Like, COVID guy gets in the octagon, and then you're like, step in here. Oh, and man. then, yeah, and then, oh, yeah. And then he's like, and then it's like, it's like only one three-minute round where he has to avoid him. Just, dan- just dancing, just nonstop dancing, trying to keep six feet apart. That'll put butts in the seats. <laughs> That'll, you'll, you'll see the Byron <laughs> fight. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I find it so funny that they, that this is all a cascading um, like waterfall of Vince McMahon uh, lobbying to make wrestling legal in Florida. Is AEW moves all of their stuff to Florida, and then Dana, who was looking to buy a private island, is like Florida. You say? Is that where uh, he's, they, is Dana he went? At this point, Dana went with the fights in his house. If yeah, wasn't he was genuinely looking for like islands and uncharted, uh, not uncharted, but like unclaimed waters, inter, inter, international, international waters. Yeah, exactly. Like un, unclaimed those, islands and in, in, in international waters, so that he could have UFC there. And I was like, where, where the athletic, where the athletic commissions can't can't fuck with him. <laughs> can't yeah, get exactly. me here, Dick Pound. Fuck you, yeah, Dick yeah. Pound. The, I was, the, ju- the judges are like two international smuggler, smugglers and like a bank fraud expert. It's just that it's, it's just an old whack. man sitting in a golden throne no, who gives a thumbs up or a thumbs down at the end of the fight, and it's blood sport. Corbett, like, two it's, international it. bag smugglers and like Shaquille O'Neal on yeah. Skype. Yeah. <laughs> Shaq is there for <laughs> Tiger King on Skype, just like everybody. Just it's watching. Joe Exotic from the from the prison cell. That's so I funny. Like, I feel like Barkley would be my like celebrity NBA judge. Charles Barkley would would be the one I would want to see. He, he's he's an he analyst now, you know? He's like, too much money on the fight. Wild. Yeah, exactly. He'd be going insane. He'd have way too much money on the fight. Wayne Gretzky's that, that, wife. That's, that's, a, that's who the three judges should be. It should be three notorious gamblers. Okay, so it's Michael like, Jordan. Pete, Pete Rose. <laughs> Pete Rose and Charles Barkley. <laughs> there you go. We've come up with it. We've come up with the panel. Ah, I was I was pulling for it was Gretzky's wife, right? That had the whole gambling thing. That like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Rick talking and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. unbelievable. It's Rick talking of all people. That's like he's not an impact player. Like, why would you be <laughs> betting on hockey games that you're in, bro? Rick talking wasn't a. He was a good player. Yeah, but to, not good. to the level. Not to the level that he could impact the outcome of a game. To I'm like up his stats. Hold on. Let's fact oh, no. check this. Oh on. no. On air. I thought this was gonna. I thought this was gonna be the end of hockey <laughs> talk. But I got a hundred point season, Corber. <laughs> he had a ninety. Yeah, but I find that like, but he had a ninety-six like, point season. He had a seventy-point season, a hundred-point season. Then did nothing after that hundred-point season. So maybe that's why right. we remember him as a bum. Yeah, he had three good seasons. Like what? But who else was in the league at that time? Like he wasn't okay, like. Well, the, uh, I'll tell you that outside of. Outside of the goalie, like I don't think there's like a single player on a roster that could fix a game like for f- hockey. Uh, I mean the ref, yeah, the ref. Well, ref. I said a player, not. I mean officials, oh, okay, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah, like officials are obviously yeah. the easiest by. <clears throat> but like outside of the goalie, you can't like even if you like you pay Sid to like stop scoring. It's like okay, he's still only on the ice for eighteen minutes a game. You know, like yeah, it's a difference maker, but it's not enough that you he can throw it. You know, like yeah. like you have to. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, bribe the refs and he's coaching the co- he's coaching the uh, Coyotes. Rick Tockett. Oh yeah, 
Ooh. There, there's like a, that, that's the whole Gretzky tie-in, right? Like he was involved down there. And Gretzky like, was involved, but they, the Canadian media made sure to keep his name out of it. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's his wife. He knew nothing about it. He's the best. What are you talking about? Yeah, of course, of course. He didn't know anything about it. Just you guys, his wife. Let me ask you a question. Because sure. Keith was talking about nostalgia in the group yeah. chat there, and this yeah. last dance. I don't know if you've been watching it at all. The Jordan thing. Uh, I haven't. Just because I looked it up on Netflix, I'm like, I should watch this, and they're like. It's a six-part series, and every series is like sixty minutes. I was like, I don't have that kind of time right it's now. A Isn't it going to be ten? Series. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming out weekly. Like it's at six. Oh it's two, god, it's two hours a week. It's on oh, on Sundays. In the, it's Sunday in the states, and Netflix releases it overnight. So my brother and I watch it every Monday night. But I was wondering, would given how interest, how amazingly interesting it is to watch Michael Jordan and all the like sub characters of his life, would Wayne Gretzky? Be worth the same type of uh, inside look. No, uh, no, uh, because look, basketball first of all in North America has a lot more fans than hockey. Absolutely. So I think the Netflix series. I think it would be hot in Canada. I I don't see them doing like ten a ten hour documentary, right? No. And this also, it's awesome. not just Michael Jordan. It's also the mythology of that Bulls team with Scottie Pippen and it's Rodman, also, right? Yeah, it's also the like circumstances too. The thing. Yeah. The thing about it is I, I also think it, it's also the um, the willingness of like the NBA and NBA players to like talk candidly and openly about the stuff. Like, like I guarantee you yeah. there, is, there, there is probably 10 hours of complete and utter nonsense going on with the like the Edmonton dynasty team with like, For sure, but, like but no one will talk about it because it's it's canada no, but, and like but, hockey is sacred and they're just good old boys doing whatever like I'm like, we had we had the 30 yeah. for 30 on the trade. Yeah. Gretzky, like yeah. ESPN did a 34th, and that yeah. was really good. Yeah. And Gretzky yeah, was like, really open and honest about that. But I don't think there's much more that you could go from. It'd be no, great. I, I, I think that the allure of this documentary is that it appeals to even non basketball fans. Like, yeah. I'm not a hardcore basketball fan, but I know about that Bulls team, right? Yeah. Where, like, Wayne Gretzky might be famous enough to be bigger than hockey in terms of like covering him for a documentary. But I don't think it's going to get that same kind of reception. Right. And I think to Keith's point, hockey players are way more tight lipped like basketball and football and baseball. You have these outlandish characters who will jump on a mic and yeah. say, I'm better than this guy. This guy's guard. Look at Allen Iverson. Do you could do 10 hour documentary on Allen Iverson <laughs> and his whole life and being such a, a crazy lot of score. Crossovers. A, lot of crossovers. a lot of crossovers, a lot of and one sponsorships. And, the thing about it is Wayne Gretzky is like a very demure guy in comparison to that. He's like, Oh yeah. You know, I go behind the net and I score some goals and they're like, okay. But like, I don't think hockey has like, yeah, the off behind the net. It's my office. Yeah. But it's not the same. It's not the same thing. If you did a 10 hour documentary on like Patrick Waugh or something, someone who's like legitimately would run off at the mouth for that long or Jeremy Roenick, like a guy yeah. like that, I think would be fucking captivating, and I think a Jeremy Roenick thing would be big because it would get that American audience because he played on the national team and because he was a big representative of USA hockey. I think you could. I think you could like just do two episodes on his feud with Patrick Waugh and him <laughs> playing on the Blackhawks in the time it was like tumultuous for their their franchise. I think it would be interesting. There's a yeah, funny was, uh, a funny Jordan Ronick connection. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this story, but Jr. has told it a couple times. Um, there was one one spring they both the Flyers and the Bulls were in the playoffs, uh, or I don't know if it was the Flyers. Ronick and Jordan were teams were both in the playoffs at the same time. 
and they went golfing. And this is uh, like during the playoffs, like like they were, went like, golfing during happening, the and they're like on an off day. They went golfing during the playoffs, and they played thirty six holes. Now uh, Ronick had like two days off before his game. Jordan was playing that night. Yeah. So Ronick <laughs> so apparently told Jordan, "I'm going to bet against you tonight because you just no way, there's no way you guys could win." And Jordan like scored like forty something points, and the, and the team won. And he's just just to, just to sho- shove it to Jr. And uh, that's so funny. And uh, that's when uh, you could really tell that Michael Jordan, not human, uh, he will <laughs> play thirty six holes of golf and then be like, "I got a professional basketball game to play tonight." Insanity. I'm, I'm still gonna drop that's forty. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing on, on the on the Gretzky thing, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about um, the uh, the Bo Nose uh, commercial. Yeah, right. With Bo Jackson. Like, uh, yeah, with Bo Jackson and all that stuff, and everybody was like Bo Nose or whatever. And Gretzky comes in, and he's just sort of like Bo Nose hockey, and Gretzky just goes like nope. And apparently, the reason that he says no is because everybody says like Bo Nose after it, right? And Gretzky has the other thing, not because of like great comedy writing, but apparently Gretzky could not deliver the line Bo knows with any kind of like human emotion. And they were just sort of like they changed it on the fly. So they had to cut his lines from two words to one because that's how like flat and stiff Gretzky was in a scripted scenario. Yeah, like, like Messier would be a better guy to talk yeah, exactly. about. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, but but Messier has years of Lay's commercials under his belt, right? True. <laughs> True. You know what I mean? He is, a, he, is a, he is a thespian of the commercial chip world. Like, Original brand Gretzky. ambassador for Lay's. For Lay's you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was the, the moose, man. The moose. And but the thing is, Messier has always been a more interesting character than Gretzky. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> like if you leave hockey aside, like, just talk about the, the shit on the side. Like, we're going to win this game, like, calling his shot. You know, being like the yeah. moose, the helmet. I'm the captain of this fucking dynasty. Like, he's the guy. Like, you know what I mean? In terms of like a character in hockey, and yeah. there hasn't been like you know, we we, we Canadians remind, remember hockey characters like this guy had a mustache. Like, you know, but it's not really like. And I kind of blame almost the like the 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 outward boringness of hockey players on Wayne Gretzky. Because it's like he was the great one. He was the like the template for the man. The, yeah, he was the template. How for the best player of the, in the world like holds himself in public, and it was boring and dull and rarely upset and vanilla. Mostly, yeah, exactly. Vanilla. We go out there and we give one hundred percent, and they just gave a little bit more. Get puck steep. Get puck steep, and uh, yeah, work in the corners, and then try and get some good opportunities. You know, it's, it's all about the process and uh, just trusting <laughs> your line mates, and, yeah, and just you know, and shift to shift, uh, just to really. Uh, Get up in there and, uh, you know. And kids come up these days, and I'm sure they're like, that's how they're, they're coached to give that interview again and again and, and again. And not, and not even that. Think about, think about, think about the, the, a lot of people watched hockey on uh, Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. And then anytime anyone would celebrate or show any kind of personality, you had Don Cherry in the first intermission going, oh, this guy, yo, it's unbelievable. It's a showboat. You got to be like Gretzky. You got to just be demure. And this is a good man for Brantford, Ontario. And, blah, blah, blah. and you know, the Swedes always wear this. Blah, blah. And then you're just like, oh, okay, so now I'm going to catch shit from every direction. Okay, Rob, if okay, I have any Don. kind okay, you know, Don, any kind of. Gotta go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rod McClain trying to corral him. I, I always thought that, like, when Trump got elected, the Canadian equivalency, if we did the same thing, would be Don Cherry. Like, yeah, that's where like Canada would Don have to Cherry go. Like, kind of, yeah, just to, like, just he shows up in, like, a yellow and pink suit 
show it up and be like, the Americans want too much from us, and then just lose his fucking mind, and him and Donald just go back and forth for now. I would pay. I'd pay pay-per-view money to see that debate. That's fucking wild. I mean, it might happen now that hey, he has man, a podcast, you know, right? When Don Cherry got fired, it, it exposed some things. And when Bobby Orr went on Fox News, that told me a little bit too much about Bobby Orr. Oh, dude. <laughs> that that really uh, – I'm like, oh, Bobby. I mean, I figured, but damn. Yeah. There's there's stuff you just you, – you probably know about some of these guys if you think about it for more than five seconds, but you don't need to hear it. <laughs> yeah, but we don't want to think about them in that context, right? I work yeah. in TV, and people <laughs> literally called TV providers – when when Don Cherry got fired and they're like, cancel my TV. I'm switching companies. I'm like, if you switch from like Videotron to Bell or Kajiko or Shaw, they've oh, Don Cherry's on none of them. We didn't like the the providers did not do those decisions. This is a CBC thing. <laughs> well, cancel the CBC. It's on every package in Canada. Well, I don't. Okay, get rid of sports. Okay, no problem. All right, <laughs> you know, like sir. People were losing their minds about Don Cherry getting fired. Well, you heard about the the the. Um... It was the the Brandon Lep Lepsic? Oh, buddy, that was bad. It's who's rough. this? I have no idea. Oh my god, you haven't heard about this? No. Uh, yeah. So I feel like he's a scrub. First of all, it's important to, to to point out that beyond the piece of shit comments that he made and him being just like a misogynistic, probably racist piece of shit. Correct. He's a scrub. He's a scrub yeah. who should be lucky. Consider himself lucky. He's in the NHL. Take it away, Keith. It is- it is. Still, well, so oh, it this is, is this is the guy who just got cut the other day. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, him and his little brother also. His little brother just got cut from the juniors or whatever because he was in the thread too. Uh, his so, little brother's career died before he became over, over he, before he could become a fourth line uh, left winger. Yeah, exactly. That's it. What did he but say? It's still a weird thing because it was like so. He, he, just shit. Like he sounds like a real piece of garbage. No joke. But it was in a group chat of like five people. Right. So he was saying real trashy things about like women, like people he knew, women in general, just like calling, uh, calling out women like Anna Pearson's wife, Connor McDavid's wife. Yeah, exactly. And also like, oh, I like I hope this girl's fat so I can degrade her all night and stuff like just saying awful, awful things. Sounds like a piece of human trash. But on the same on the on the flip side of it, I'm like, it was also a private group chat of five people like that was not that. I don't care. I I don't know, man. I kind of do like if you if you make an like I got I go back to the the what do you call it? like Arn Anderson like that wrestling video where he's like is this just for the boys and then just like drops trousers like there is a there is a thing where th- with the pres- assumption of privacy like I feel that it kind of sucks to hold someone accountable for something said on the assumption of privacy. It's not like he stood up and said this on his Twitter publicly. Did did, uh, did it get leaked from someone inside the group chat? Someone, someone apparently hacked someone's account who was in the group chat, or no, whatever. No, somebody in the someone, group chat. Someone showed it. one of the girls, and then was like, the girl put it up or whatever. Like it, it was someone leaked it. It was someone said something shitty, and then someone I, shared I mean, it. I mean, I mean, from me, whatever. from me, it's a if you're a professional athlete, and people are paying you an exorbitant amount of money to play a sport. Yeah. And you're talking some sort of shit that you know would get your career ended, and you think it's between the. If it's in the locker room in person, and you're talking to your like your line mate about like I'm yeah. gonna fuck chick, I'm whatever, then like fine, that's locker talk. But if you're texting someone and you're putting it in literally <laughs> like in the, the internet where it could always be accessed, <laughs> internet like is forever, kids. Internet is forever. Like 
that's kind of on you. Like that's kind of on yeah, the thing. It, so it, if it's it open, is, you have to take, you know. It is stupid. Like I said, I'm, I don't want to defend the guy. It, it's stupid. It's a piece of shit. He's like, like Chris said, misogynist. Like absolutely. Not even, not even to be a hero here either. But the real kicker for him, I didn't cut you off, Keith, but the, it's not just the, the the fat jokes about the women, the grading shit about women, the massage shit about women that he said. The drug use yeah. that he talked about. It's not Coca-Cola that he's talking about there. No. The um, shitting on his line mates and talking about how trash they are. Mm-hmm. Just, just those two would have been yeah. enough to get him to lose his yeah. contract. N- not to mention, every every professional sports team definitely has like a code of conduct like when you work anywhere you have to like these actions are not becoming of someone yeah. who works for the franchise or whatever i also don't like it's one of those things where i don't what else can the team do the team can't keep this guy on the roster I mean, the team he, has he, like you uh, know what i mean like it, it's like i get i get everything that happened i just find it is weird that this was like and i mean i understand the internet well enough to know that the internet is forever and anything you say can be dragged up and leaked and whatever like I get that, but I'm like, it was still like a private chat on four or five guys. And you're like, it's a weird time. I think that that can happen. You know what I mean? Where you're just sort of like you, that kid said something shitty. Absolutely. Team is going to fire him if it leaks, but it is a very weird thing to be like a a text message (laughs) with five people that were all my boys. I said awful things without a doubt. I'm not going to excuse that. And then you're like, well, my life is over because I'm a dumb idiot. His life's over. He's probably gonna pull in like two years from now when people forget he's gonna like come he's back. And then when he, when he signs with like, another team, they're gonna be like, We haven't seen him since he did this, and then it's gonna be because he's not like an impact player. No, no, he's not like sure. a big time, I mean, you know get, what I mean? He'll get, work, he'll get some work in the KHL or whatever, like without a doubt. yeah, he's gonna be fine. Like, but I just find it it is it is weird because norm, normally when someone does something like this on Twitter, I'm like, absolutely string him up. You're talking to an audience of the entire public. I was like, this one though, right. I had that moment of like, this is a small chat with just but a couple you know, of friends. At the, at the end of the day, uh, it doesn't make much I'm, of a piece I'm, of shit. I'm more, I'm a hundred percent positive that these sports that professional sports leagues have social media policies in place and they yeah. are a heavy portion of oh, their yeah. of their year season every season when the players come on board they have a dedicated conversation about what to do on social media what not to do yeah. fuck what we Lawrence and I were in the festival the last two summers the com- a comedy festival we had to sign a social media agreement so yeah. there's there's no way like a, uh, when there's millions of billions of dollars at stake that you're not being told what you can and can't do on social media yeah. but also never put anything in writing kids this is a good lesson <laughs> Yeah, but but that's the thing, man. Like, look, if you're gonna be running your mouth, like, and everyone has said some dumb shit they regret to yeah. different degrees of horribleness, right? But like, this guy, if you're gonna go out and you're gonna be chirping your teammates and shit like that, so first of all, the stuff, the stuff with women and the misogynist stuff, uh, that's first of all horrible, and it definitely violates like what the image of the NHL and the team wants it's to do. It's not what got him fired, so, though. No, 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 for sure. So the the NHL could be like. We don't support his views on women or we don't support his views on body shaming or whatever, whatever. But then if you're going after your team as well, they're going to be like, well, your teammates don't want to play with you now. All these things are happening. You're hurting the locker room. So then they're going to take the decision to not work with this guy, right? Yeah, that's why like, whatever. Because still- I've seen that argument, not that Keith's making that argument that it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been punished because it was private yeah. chats. That's, I didn't say you shouldn't have been punished. No, I said no, it's but that's, out, that's argument out there. That argument's out yeah. there. Like, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't have been punished. I'm just saying it is a weird thing. 
that a chat, like a text message, if the three of us ha- have a text message circle and one of us says something real shitty, that later on it could cost us our jobs. I'm saying that's weird. Yeah, I get it. For sure. And it came out. I think it is the right thing. It came out. There's no other choice. If we all work for nine, if we all work for nine to five, and we were getting money from doing this instead of just you know exposure, um, mm-hmm. it, <laughs> and Lawrence and I were in the group chat with like a couple of our buddies, and we were talking about all the shitty things he said about women, but then didn't mention the fact that Lawrence and I later were planning on doing coke, and also that he's a piece of garbage. Yeah, and I hate working with him. That's the stuff that would get me fired from nine to five. Not the stuff about, unfortunately, not the stuff about the women, but the stuff about the drugs and hating my boss is, is or hating my my coworkers, and that they're terrible is what got him fired. Because mm-hmm. he there's yeah. no way he could walk back into that locker room and be like, "Hey guys, we're just joking in the chat." Then get the Oops, fuck out of here. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, like I said, I don't, I don't question that. Once it got out, there's no other course of action other than the one that could happen. Like one, like obviously he's going to lose his job. He's going to lose probably the respect of the league. Definitely the respect of any like female fan. Like once it's out, it's out. The guy screwed. I just find it's a weird thing that a, I mean, and I, I guess, I guess that's, that's the world we live in is nothing is private and you're always being recorded. Yeah, be careful what you say. You know, be careful what yeah. you think, first of all. Like, be careful how you think about people, like other women, other people around you. Just that, be careful with. But also, when you're in a group chat, and even if it's a much smaller scale, and we're going to be, if we're going to start, like, you know, raising the alarm bells, because what could be said in a group chat could, be, could get you fired if you're in a visible job. Well, fuck you. Be careful. If you're in a visible position, be careful what you fucking put and who you trust and what you say things to. Even if you're fucking kidding, and if that's not what you believe about anything, too bad. You're a visible member of society. You have this come to the territory. It's funny. This literally, um, like something like this, actually, like literally came up at Sarah's work, where someone was complaining about uh, another another employee on the company work chat program or whatever. They're gone. Like, I've seen it, people get fired for that. I'm sure Lawrence has too. And yeah, I was yeah, like, but on, honestly. To, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for Keith to be done. Though. I have to yeah, exactly. have to my my whole thing is I was like, yo, I to this day with even in small chats with people I'm extremely comfortable. I was like, if I'm on a work server on a work chat, I was like, I don't even swear. Like, I won't even cuss. Like, maybe occasionally if I'm typing too fast, like shit will drop in there or something. And I will if I even put a swear word, I will almost immediately type out like pardon my language or whatever. And I will never speak ill of an employee doesn't matter who the audience is because i'm like this is the or this is a work chat so it can be monitored and b this is a colleague i don't know what this colleague's like level of comfort is the minute you're talking with one of your that's fair especially now we're working from home so the water cooler talk at lunch about oh this guy's dumb as fuck and i can't believe the business took that decision if it's all digital now it's all recorded it's the thing like literally yesterday i had a a trash at work yeah, I had a bad day at work yesterday literally because I found a bunch of people at work who were having this kind of a discussion. Like yeah. actual like actual like it can't the timing of this conversation can't be better. Like it actually happened yesterday. And it's just yeah. a group of employees and it's the same thing that every employee will talk about silently. This company doesn't know what they're doing. Everyone yeah. is dumb as fuck except for me. My boss yeah. is an asshole. We should all quit at the same time and really teach them a lesson. It's the same thing, right? But we, this happened just because they're not smart enough to figure out that 
this is a this is a tool that we have and yeah. we can see what goes on on the tool right we're never going to confront them and be like we saw this happen unless it yeah. becomes like racist misogynistic the yeah, exactly. homophobic transphobic whatever and that mm-hmm. you know goes against the actual morals of the or company like threatening violence is it yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so uh, things like I'm... that but it's like you know you have to at least be smart about who you're talking to and how things are going like Chris and I, and I, I would imagine Keith is in the same boat because you podcast, right? Mm-hmm. But it's we, we think incessantly about how we communicate to people. We think yeah. incessantly about the words we use and how we come off and how we look and how we gesture and things like that. And I think people who don't have that reflex about how something plays out or they don't edit themselves or edit their words, they're in a situation now with the way things are that it's tough. And you, there is the possibility of blowback. You have to be careful about what you put out and how it's perceived too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I'd also like, just, and this sounds like the the worst, meanest thing. Like, I literally have, I don't think in the last almost fifteen years, made a genuine <laughs> like, but like on purpose. Like, like I don't be- because of that. Where I'm like, I don't believe in. <laughs> I'm like, I've seen, I have had work friends in the past, and stuff can get complicated. You get a promotion that your buddy didn't get, and now you're his boss. That sucks. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you happen to go on a drunken, like whatever bender with your buddy at work and he goes a little too far. And now all of a sudden you're like wrapped up into an HR situation by association just because you guys yeah. went out on a Friday, you know? And yeah. Like, or, or, or you go to a Christmas party and you bang a coworker and then you're in the office on Monday. Like there's all kinds of shit. Like I've I never used to had that a- problem me. I've been very I've been very lucky I've, I've thankfully never got mixed up with a co-worker so that's nice yeah, uh, no, I've, yeah, I've never... that's what I'll say yeah you've never got mixed <laughs> up with a co-worker yep because yeah. you know Chris, Chris is a mature individual he's really turning them down he's like no you know it's not right it's, it's you know, not like, girls like sorry I'm sorry I can't do it I know you I know you want this homemade salsa but tomatoes but yeah, that's it. But like, forget hooking up. I literally haven't made friends with coworkers. Like people, Sarah's like, oh, like you really get along with this guy. Why don't you invite him to, like out to no. drinks? And I was like, no. I was no. like, I see, I see, I see that guy for forty. Coffee. I see that guy for forty hours. I don't need an extra two. I'm good. We yeah. can go on our coffee breaks I don't together. Know. Uh, this is, this is, it's a it's a yin and yang for me on that one because while I don't like people. In normal times, I also want to sell them tickets to my comedy shows. So for me, everybody's a friend. <laughs> no, no, but I think I think I think I think there's something to be said because that's me, interesting too. Buddy. But, oh, no, I'm, but we I'm have friendly with coworkers, dude. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not saying I'm like this like shut off. Like I'll go to lunch with someone, I'll have a coffee with someone. Okay, I'll do the occasional maybe like work sanka set, but I'm like it's a real sanka set, and like at six thirty, I'm bouncing to go hang out with my real friends. Six forty five out the door. <laughs> yeah, I have other places. I didn't even think it this set, you know. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> no, no, but, but, but I think. But Chris is right. Like you do have to have a certain amount. And you know, we Chris and I have seen comics that have have kind of created a career for themselves just by being personable, and yeah. just by creating a nice social circle and people going to bat for them and sharing their stuff online and saying you got to get tickets to see my friend. They're so funny and no 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 no. So yeah. I think you always have to be kind to coworkers. You don't have to like invite them over on the weekends for a barbecue or just hang out forever, right? And I think you also yeah, have to maintain. Over for Mother's Day, but no no no. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Only Lawrence comes over for Easter and Christmas. Oh, Christmas. 
I've been there too. I've been. I have been uh, yeah. fed very well by the Vendito family. Yeah. That's nice. Oof. Those that food though. I had. I had. I left Chris's house hey, with man. enough food for like another three meals. Like it was. His mom <laughs> fed me for a week. It was unbelievable. Oh, family. Man. Oh Lord, yeah. here, take this, Lords. We're not gonna eat it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah, my car was. My car was. My car was getting worse gas mileage because it was weighed down by the amount. Exactly. Of food. It's like a low rider now because it's yeah, weighed exactly. down like. 500 pounds of goodies. Yeah, there's lasagna and 25 kinds of pasta, dessert. I don't remember shit from my childhood. Really? (laughs) I got okay. So yeah, I was so the whole thing when I was like when we said we're gonna go do these go uh, go quarantine yourself episodes. I thought it'd be fun for uh, the listeners to get to know the co-hosts a little bit more uh, as people because they're they've sat there and like listened to 200 hours of me and Walter, so they know us pretty well. But you guys, you've both been guests on the show a couple times but not nearly the the listener isn't saturated with you like they have been oh, with Walter well prepare to be saturated yeah get ready uh so yeah no, so I was, I was kind of thinking like I was I went on a weird nostalgia kick uh this week which led to me finding my old Game Boy and then um <laughs> going to AliExpress and buying a new battery for it and then buying uh, weird um, knockoff games that'll hopefully play on my Game Boy, so nice. that I can I can start playing Game Boy again because I was like, what? And I was thinking a lot about just uh, yeah, like you know, being a kid, and also I guess maybe thinking about the experience of what being a kid would be like now in what we're going on. And yeah, so I was thinking a lot about my childhood, and I was wondering about your guys. What were you uh, as kids? What was your what were your thing? What were your shows? What were your games? What were your activities? Your pastimes? Chris, you don't remember anything about your childhood? It's just like no, a blank. I'm kidding. I have lost like, memories. You just came, <laughs> you just came into consciousness at 14. You're like, I'm a man now. Like, <laughs> I'm a man now. Chris, um, Chris showed up with a, with a microphone in his hand and a chip on his shoulder and just the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He came out doing what crowd chip? work. Ah, what do you do for food? What just see what they do. It. The blue wow. chip stuck. I think <laughs> growing up, my I was always big into um, the fantasy stuff and the superheroes. And like yeah. the video games, comic books, TV shows, it was always like the adventure style thing. Like obviously, like GI Joe's, Transformers, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, all the superhero stuff, the Saturday morning cartoons. So that was always like the dramatic stuff I really attached to, and things I was always interested in. So you, um, if if you don't mind me asking, how old are you, Lawrence? I am thirty-one years old, sir. Thirty-one. So you said Transformers. So that yeah. like it caught my eye because I would ear, I guess. Uh, so I was really into Transformers. So I'm thirty-seven, but I was into Transformers because my brother was really into Transformers, and he was six years older than me. So I'm wondering that I'm six years older than you. What was the path to Transformers? Through the was, toys, man. Through the toys, but it was it like through the toys. Oh, Still the '80s series and whatever, or was there like another no. cartoon that was on? Okay, because I was no, watching no, no. the '80s. Yeah, no, no. When I was a kid, they had a show called Beasties, mm. right? So they had Beasties, which was which was Beast Wars, but in Canada they wouldn't let them use wars. So it's like a Beasties, yeah. and uh, all the toys. And then when they had all of that stuff from the Transformers, those were always super interesting, and I had all of them. And then they they kind of relaunched all of the. Uh, original toy series, and then they yeah. had the reruns on Saturdays. So I would yeah. watch Beasties on like Mondays, and then like the original Transformers would be on. 
so they had kind of like this block of just like transformers that could like do you do you remember so and again like a little little bit older so it's like me and my buddy mark were heavily heavily into the 80s transformers from our kids and like our young childhood but then when beasties came out so when you were younger we were watching it but as teenagers like even though we knew it was a kids show we just like love transformers so much they did that weird crossover, I think, in like a late season of Beast Wars, where the real Transformers, yeah, see, showed up. Real, this is me. This is me, real judgy. When the real Transformers showed up, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Real animal Transformers. Yeah, you're definitely, you're definitely shaming me for my entry point into the <laughs> exactly. branch. I, I feel that you right know, now. Yeah. When actual yeah. Transformers when, the, when the original showed Transformers showed up, yeah, exactly. But when they showed up, and then. Um, Ravage uh, jumps and transforms into a cassette. And it made the old school animation, like the like, and then he like yeah. flew into, he was like a set that just flew into a, a computer console because who cares? But yeah. like literally as it happened, they cut to commercial. My phone rang. I picked it up and it was my buddy being like, it made the same noise. Like he was so, sure. he was so jazzed that the, the, the Ravage Transforming made the same noise that he called even, me on but, a landline telephone. But even in the even in the Michael Bay movies, when you watch the Transformers now, with mm-hmm. like these weird humans that are somehow more important than the Transformers and like the US military needing to save the day or whatever. Yeah. Like the the part of it that's still cool is like the same with like the Marvel movies and the DC Universe movies. Like this isn't <laughs> high art, but it's like things you cared about at a time in your life when you were still forming and then to see it in action in a way that hasn't been available to you before is so exciting. Like just the fact the first Transformers movie is not a good movie. It's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. And they get worse. (laughs) And they get, and they're not good movies. Right. But the fact that you get to see this like big Cybertronian battle orgy and then the fact that they transform and it makes the fucking sound of the whoop, whoop, whoop. And it's like Autobots roll out, you know, like, that's just cool to see because it's like something that you had imagined with your figurines and now it's playing out in yeah. front of you, right? Like with a bigger budget than your imagination had, like that's, what's fucking cool, you know? So did I ever tell you was- about, uh, did I ever tell you guys the, the story of the transformers and it tying into like when Sarah and I started dating? No. So <clears throat> Sarah and I like started hitting it off and, and started dating. And like, it obviously it quickly became apparent to her that I was like a huge geek. Like that was like we met because I, you know, like was, was that the first or second date Sarah figured that out? Like immediately. <laughs> like I, I never, I never made yeah. like, I never made any qualms about it. But I was just saying, but like, but we didn't meet through like a geeky avenue. Like we met. No, through, she understood. Like, she, she, she was okay with it going in. Got I don't know if she was. I don't know if she was necessarily okay with it going in, but she like got okay with it right away. It's because we didn't meet through a geeky avenue. Is my did point. she have a version okay to like geeky going. things when you guys started dating? Like, was she, like, very... Because you guys have been together, like, a decade now, right? Yeah, it'll be like, 12 years tomorrow is when I asked well, her. Oh! Yeah, so, so when she, when you guys first dated... Yeah, she, so like, on Mother's Day? Day? Yeah, that's when that's when Keith does his best work. Don't you know yeah, because it's, it's always... On May Mother's 10 Day is or always Mother's at Day? or around... <laughs> well, no, at it's or around close. Mother's Day. Yeah, exactly. It's always close. It, 12 Fair years enough. ago, I'm going to go fucking find out if it was a Mother's Day or not. That's that's a waste. <laughs> Why? Guaranteed it was a Saturday night because it was a, a show. It was a cut copy concert. But yeah, like, she didn't have an aversion to it, but she had no, like, attachment to it either. Uh, okay. But it was, like, a very, like, kind of touching um, thing. So we had just started dating, and she, her friends were going to go see a midnight showing of Transformers 2, I want to say, 12 years okay. ago, but not right. 
And she was like, I'm dating this guy. I know he's into Transformers. I'm going to get us both tickets and we're going to go to Transformers. And it was like that in that little like sweetheart, uh, like honeymoon phase where I was like, oh, no, I hated the first one. I do not want to go see the second one. But it's really touchy that my, that my girlfriend, who is like not a geek, made out like this gesture to go to a midnight show. Yeah, like That's, you know, so, that, so we were that, both like, that that alone should make the movie more enjoyable. Like that, right. that's probably better than the actual fucking movie by far. That, oh, that, that my bleeding is... fucking heart, Key. My my heart bleeds for you. A beautiful woman bought you tickets to a fucking premiere movie, and you wanted to go watch it. You at midnight, hero. No, at but midnight, was, not even, not yeah. even the full day showing. The midnight on the Thursday. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And that, the shit right, you Lauren. complain about on these podcasts. <laughs> the <laughs> shit you complain about. I said it's a story. Who complains? Oh no, Sarah I'm saying it was cute, and it's like I don't even like the movie. <laughs> but I thought it was like, and to Lawrence's point. Yes, that memory has becomes is becomes more important than the movie because the movie was garbage. She fell asleep <laughs> and I didn't enjoy it. Like, yeah, but it's but, still cute that, that that she's like, I don't give a shit about this movie, but I know yeah. Keith will like it, so I'm gonna buy tickets, right? Exactly. And you know, and, Chris is just bitter because you know that's just how he rolls. But like, hey, it's a cute story. Who's bitter? You. Who, it's a cute Here's story. A I was also pointing <laughs> out that my. That I, I I don't I went to watch that movie with my sister ironically and um, <laughs> significantly it's like the last movie I think we saw together in theaters uh. Transformers two <laughs> no that's not true we went to see uh, Civil she took me to see Civil no we went to see Bad Boys two this year yeah I know I, I, I just mentioned Three. it Amanda. <laughs> Bad Boys three you gotta you gotta love that uh, household honestly, eh? even when you're podcasting. Honestly, should have went a ho- Oh my god, we're gonna talk to the mom. Do you have any memories oh of when I was a child? Oh god, Keith, Keith, what have you <laughs> done to this about- podcast? So Chris, I was gonna say, what about what about what cartoons? What cartoons were you uh, were you into? He's checking in with Louisa, Mama Lou. Listen, what did I? I was I was into sport. I was obviously into sports a lot. I, I watched okay. sports from a young age. Some of my earliest memories are of watching sports. Mm. Um, aside from that, because I don't want to talk about sports all the time. Um, I remember I watched Gargoyles a lot. Okay. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. The Mighty Ducks yeah, yeah, animated yeah. series. Oh, yeah, that's good too. The Mighty Ducks animated series. Um, my sister on you Friday nights the... we would watch the Boy Meets World, The Breed of the Teenage Witch, and all, oh, all those Ray, shows. Teen Ray Angel, Ray remember Teen Angel? That I don't know. Vaguely. Teen Angel was people people. So people have told me that Teen Angel doesn't exist, that I've made it up, but it's real. It's like that Sinbad movie, Shazam. Yeah. We don't talk about Shazam. Sinbad, Shazam. Teen Angel was definitely a thing. I just never watched it. Like, because I think it was on, it was like, like, Boy Meets World and Sabrina were definitely the, I think the anchors of that, that block, right? Like that Friday Night ABC block. Whoa, 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 whoa. What about Family Matters, bro? Not at that time, not in the 90s. Family Matters no? too. A lot of Family Matters. A lot of Fresh Prince. Those were um, the Fresh Prince too no? because I'm trying to put the time. Yeah, they were in syndication. That's what I was about to say. No, the Family Matters and Fresh Prince were always on. Yeah. On uh, BET, if you mm-hmm. had BET, you always got the reruns of Family Matters, Fresh Prince, the Jamie Foxx one. I think mm-hmm. it's called the Jamie Foxx right. Show. Yeah. Uh, the Wayne's Brothers. 
Um, and what living else? color. Um, oh yeah, living color. Never, never, never was into. into never watched the living color. Um, living color, or living the color was show, of, really. In living color was ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Even though I was young and I didn't catch all the things, I still yeah. knew it was like fun and upbeat. And then when I rewatched it years later, there's a whole different. Yeah, uh, vibe and, and kind of subtext that I'm starting to pick up on, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is really important." Yeah, yeah, I remember watching watching in Living Color and and just like like being like, "Haha, there's like silly characters and like fun dances or whatever." And then you revisit yeah. it later, and you're like, "Oh, and there's an entire social commentary level that yeah, <laughs> like fun dancing." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the yeah the Fly Girls on Living um, Color they gave me some like questions. Uh, are you a, are you are you afraid of the dark? Oh. On Fridays, I have oh, like sleep over at my grandparents' house because YTV would be one of the only good channels they had. <laughs> and like, are you afraid of the dark <laughs> on Fridays? Do you guys remember? Uh, it was Indiana. a toss-up between that and Italian programming. What's that? Erie, Indiana, or you guys maybe maybe a little no, no, young. none of that. No, yeah, I'm, I'm too young for that old shit, Keith. Jesus Sorry. Christ! <laughs> Wait, that, why don't you talk about that of like. It's weird that you guys bring that up because it was like those like horror movies. Or you were horror watching movies. Mash the other day. Yeah, I was. I went back and I watched. Uh, <laughs> watched I I call me crazy, but I liked After Mash. Okay, like you know. Or when Dallas. Who shot Jr. Who shot Jr. Who shot Jr. Keith wants to know. A three-year-old <laughs> Keith wants to know who shot Jr. But those uh, also. I, was gonna, I, 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 got, I just wanted to know about the, the, those horror movie or horror TV shows. That was like. It was a weird thing, and I 100% got me into horror as a genre. But it was weird that they were like, yo, there's these shows for kids, but they're horror shows? Like, oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. It was like, I like, funny, it was like on here, YTV. Like, Hit it, Chris. What's up? Yep. I have a question for both of you. Do you okay. remember Oops. the first time you got a Walkman or a Discman? Yes. And oh, what yes. was first? Walkman with the tape. Because sure. I remember mine, and mine's a funny story. So, well, Lawrence. Yeah. What well, year? You want, my, you want my walk? Oh, I don't remember the year. I do remember having the yellow one with the yeah. hand strap, and nice. I remember the first um, tape that I wore out was Mark Morrison's Return of the Mac. Nice. That was the nice. first one that I that he I that I rewound. Corber always yeah. had the flavor. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yellow, yellow one with the hand strap was. My, uh... Yeah, I was also also the, I was gonna say that the thing that the the Walkman with the cassette also had a big deal because I was raised uh, like pretty strict and religious, and by nature of it being a Walkman, I could then get tapes with like cussing and like swear words and stuff oh. because I had a way to listen to it that was not on speakers that my mother could hear. What so would have happened? What would have happened if they figured out that Lil Keith was listening to some some non-religious? Oh, the tapes would definitely get destroyed, and I would be grounded. Like my mom had had, had done that to other like CDs and tapes and whatever else. Like I had gotten. <laughs> she found like, she found magazine once that had some art by like Danzig, like from the Misfits in it. So it was like right. kind of like nudie devil art kind of stuff, and it was just like it, the magazine wasn't even about that. It was, it was just like some skater magazine or something like that, and she literally threw it into the fireplace. Like, oh god, yeah, that's that so was, dramatic. Exactly, she was like, ah! but yeah, that's it. So it was like getting uh, like a copy of Sublime on cassette, 
you know, and I'm like, oh man, he's swearing and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, like was very. I don't. Uh, I don't remember if I ever got a Walkman, but I remember very clearly when I got my first Discman. Mm. Uh, we were doing the one year we did Christmas in Florida. Um, the one year my family ever did that, and uh, my my mom got me my um, well, or Santa or whatever it was, uh, probably Santa. Um, Santa this disc man that was also AM FM radio, which nice. in two thousand one or two is it had like the blue dial where you could find it. Line. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I got that, and I got my sister got me the Millennium Backstreet <laughs> CD. I remember. Oh, shit. I think that it was, was a banger. So I was bumping that for a good while, um, and then my mom, for some reason, uh, listened to me when I said I want to get like frosted tips. So I went to school <laughs> and I had a Walkman with the Millennium CD playing on it, this man with the Millennium CD on, and frosted tips in the hair. And oh, um, man. then for my fun, Mitzvah. they threw up. They threw me a Barry Sanders jersey. So people just started calling me. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Kentucky Fried Chris, <laughs> and that was my first experience with bullying. <laughs> oh, that's a look, true. though. Yeah, I, I, I was actually like in very good a shape in high school. I still had, I still had the frosted tips because it was like 2001. And it was like my bar mitzvah. It was like very much in vogue. <laughs> it was like the NSYNC Backstreet Boys What's influence. In the frosted were, were real. Be, yeah, that before four video came out, and everyone was like, "This is the move. This is how we get fly honeys." You know, this is how it works. But... Remember, so it was I, the Justin Timberlake from the Mickey Mouse club craze. We all we all got cool. in. I, I this graduated. is why Timberlake is still an important part of society. <laughs> I graduated high school He's, in two. He was the original influencer. Oh God. Yeah, yeah I graduated. High school, I graduated high school in two thousand, and like. A, there was like Whoa. a number of kids who already had frosted tips or whatever. But I remember that like for prom, the number of students with frosted tips went from like a good amount to like half the class. Like, right. like <laughs> for prom, like half the dudes were like, this is my prom look. Boom. Like, yeah. like Was your was, prom song like the original graduation song? Uh, were you the, was that your prom year? As we I don't go the time I graduated. On. No, we, um, we remember. So, <laughs> vitamin C. Vitamin bro. C was her name? Was it vitamin C? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Vitamin yeah, C. Was, that was her name, bro. Yeah. There was some controversy. There's, there was Why? controversy in our high school because um, officially, I believe our prom song was that song, but the students wanted it to be Good Riddance by uh, Green Day. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> That's a great song. It's a great song. song. It's a great graduation song, right? Like, I hope you had the time of your life and all that stuff. We did that one at summer camp. Yeah. And so officially, like, I guess like the yearbook or whatever said that it was the vitamin C graduation song. But like at all of the, like at every senior, like party and event and whatever that happened throughout the entire year, it was good riddance by, um, by Green Day. And there was a, um, a jam session concert where like the all the high school bands played and, and whatever else like that and then like it got played multiple times and and the teachers were like this is not your graduation song and we're like yeah but it is though like ours uh, i don't know what it was for corbett but for us the year like the year the the september going in to our grade 11 year timberlake's uh bringing sexy back became like a, a huge hit mm-hmm. and by the end of the year 
it was that, and it was that Akon song, uh, I Want to Love You, or the R version, I Want to Fuck You. Yeah. Those were our two, those were our two graduation tunes. <laughs> those were the anthems, yeah. Those were the anthems. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, I, I don't, I don't remember the exact song, but I remember me graduating being like a milestone in my life because it's the first time I ever got a cell phone. Oh, As, that's when I got Ooh. a cell phone. Like that's when I felt, like you know what I mean. There was like the before and after moment of my life with like technology, and there was like yeah. I, you know. What I, I don't know I if you guys remember when you got cell phones, but like for I, me, it was like I, my deal. my I got it. I can tell you, ex- I got a cell phone uh, within. I got one pretty week, early. Yeah, I got one the oh, week yeah? after, the week after September 11th was my like I can put it down to that that week because uh, <clears throat> September 11th happened. I was in I think whatever first or second year Sejep, and because so many people got to talk to their like loved ones while the buildings were going down, my mother was like, "You need a cell phone." Like and that's so dark, bro. That's so <laughs> yeah, fucking dark. Yeah, exactly. That's real. Mine's kind of dark too. Um, yeah. It was in between towers really... one and two. Your mom is buying a phone for you. <laughs> yeah, she's like, if you need another, <laughs> fuck. We keep the plastic on the screen. Um. Yeah. Oh my god. Amazing. You're only getting one of these. I'm, yeah. I'm oh no. Sure, I'm pretty sure my parent, my mom, got me one when I was in grade eight. Um. Only because I was st- I was doing like a lot of extracurricular shit at school, not to toot my own extracurricular horn, but I was yeah. part of the theater yeah, that's program. And, really big um, the extracurriculars. I, I was I uh, I was Tweedledee in a grade nine production of Alice in Wonderland. So um, wow, who was Tweedledum? We also uh, I forget his name, but he was uh, he was a year older than me, so I think he's about your age. A funny guy. Uh-huh. Uh, we had done um, the year before when I was in grade eight, we did Chrysalids, which was a Shakespearean play. And I was a big player in that, but I got a leading role in Alice in Wonderland. And uh, that's when I knew I was going straight to the top, Ari. Yeah. Was that the the stage? Like like the the, the stage that Gachi was was playing in Alice in Wonderland? You were like, oh man. No, that was improv. I think it was, uh, because I also did the, uh, I was on the high school improv team. I was on the B team, not the A team. I was on the uh, second good team. And uh, we placed in the uh, provincials. We didn't go to the nationals. Chris, thank you so much for explaining what the B team is for all the listeners. I'm pretty sure people wouldn't have picked up on it. Thank you so much for covering that ground. I just want to make it clear. (laughs) In case uh, for all the uh, dyslexic people out there listening. <laughs> your, uh, your, mom, your mom was like, "I need to, I need to keep tabs on uh, on my extracurricular little boy. I give him a cell phone." Well, yeah, I think also because like my parents got divorced, and I think that had something to do with it. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure. That's what I got my phone though. My sister had one pretty early because she was going to school in uh, like NDG. She went to Villa Maria, so they got mm-hmm. her one pretty early. I think in grade seven or grade eight, but it was also like Keith said, it was the time after nine eleven. Everyone was freaked out. So yeah, they were like, "I need to know where my kids I'm are." I'm surprised you lasted till '05 without a phone, there, Corber. '05, '06. Yeah, right? man. Yeah, yeah. '05 is when I graduated. Um, that's pretty I, late. That's pretty late considering. Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of people had phones without me, and they had to like call the house. Like, still, we had dial-up <laughs> internet. We were at the yeah. Like, I had to like yell at my mom to like get off the phone so I could use Napster and shit. Like, I was, you know, it was not. A crisp technological experience contacting me. 
I remember. Did you still have the rotary phone? I had no, a never rotary, 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 rotary phone. Never, phone. never, never a rotary phone best. in my house. No. It's an Italian thing. They're fifty pounds. They weighed. Yeah. I remember one one of my buddies had a cell phone at prom, and I had either my mom or my dad's cell phone at prom because they were like, "You're going downtown. Take this." Um, and I remember it was a good thing that it happened because we were messing around and we were like, I don't know, we were like running around and being idiots at prom because this is what you do. And uh, it happened that a buddy of mine, the other guy with the cell phone and a couple of my friends got locked out on a fire escape. Like, you know, as as teenagers want to do is they want to get out onto a fire escape so they can smoke at prom. And they had like no way in. And they, thank God we had cell phones. And I was like, what would that have been? Like, cause they had, they had apparently been like banging on the door for like 10 minutes before they remembered that, Oh, one of them we had were, a I, call. And I was like, they would have I mean, just been my a age group. Stuck out there for hours. <laughs> like, like if, they, if this was like literally like the year prior. So 1999, there probably would be like net zero, zero cell phones at the prom, but there happened to be two. And it was one, one of them happened to have that, like the kid who was stuck outside. And one of them was me. They were like, we're stuck out on the fire escape. <laughs> you see, Corver's age group was at the cutting edge when they got the phones of the uh, using the phones to cheat on exa- to cheat on exams. Oh, by the time yeah. we, by the time my age group got to the big exams, the teachers wised up and they took your phones away. But I'm pretty yeah. sure Lawrence Corver's age group, there's some skivada sh- stuff going on. You know, there was a schema. Well, you know, like there was. Well, it was it was back when graduate high school, Lawrence. <laughs> or did, did you I cheat? what? I said, did you legitimately graduate high school, Lawrence, or did you did you cell phone your way out of it? Thank, thankfully, my drama no, and English marks phone. were strong enough. Yeah, my drama and English marks were strong enough. But uh, that's wait, I used it. I used phone? it. I used it to cheat in CJEP. That's that was the thing, man. There you because go. <laughs> CJEP, like the humanities course at eight in the morning, was bullshit, and I was asleep for most of it. So people would just text me answers, and I had that old Motorola phone where the text messages, it was obviously a flip phone and the yeah. front had a screen, like a very tiny one inch by one inch square screen yeah. where a text would just pop up with the, with like the scroll of the whole text. Like he would send 10 words and it would take like a minute to read everything. So someone would just send me answers. It's like a B B E D. And I was just like, they got to a point there. I think well, I want to say when you, you were in university, Keith, I'm guessing Lawrence, you were in CJP by now, but like by my grade eleven year, uh, it was all if if you didn't have a flip phone, you were a loser. Yeah, oh, yeah. you were. A it dork. had to be a flip. It had to be a flip phone. Yeah, yeah. my mom preferably the Motorola Razor. Yeah, the Motorola Razor was the hot shit. My mom picked up a phone as soon you as phones were close available. And cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to do it with the two fingers. My mom had the StarTac. Yeah, bow. My mom had a literal oh, black folding StarTech with no screen, just a line to see the number you were dialing. That's it. And it was so funny. My mom was like one of the first people I remember getting a cell phone, and it was off like 90% of the day. Oh, yeah. Like it was just always turned off. It was like never yeah, my, my, on. I remember, I, re- I remember my sister's first phone better than mine because she had the first phone, I think, in our house. Or maybe my dad had one, but I don't know who cares. My sister had like this cool, it wasn't a flip, but it was like a see-through pink thing. A lot, a lot of Amanda talk on today's podcast. Um, you know? But it was like a Fido, it was like see-through, but like pink. It was the worst. I don't know how she went to school with it. <laughs> the it was cool, she's screaming from upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> 
The uh, one that got me was the 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 phone where there was like the the shield over the keys that like slid up and down. So basically, the Neo phone from the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, oh, the Neo phone. yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool as shit. <laughs> like, all I care about is having the same phone. The Blackberry as came out. Then the fucking Blackberry came out, and we all thought, you know what? I want to be a stockbroker. So give me this Blackberry. <laughs> And for so like two funny. years, we were all walking around with Blackberries. Bro. Honestly, <laughs> like, oh, I had so many I had so many flip phones and I remember having to send a text by like pressing the button. Like there was no keypad, so you had to like press the buttons a bunch of times. It used to yeah. take like yeah. forty seven <laughs> minutes to type out a text message. It was like so much less convenient than a call. It was the worst. It was the fucking took forever. You yeah, I'll be there in ten minutes. And it's by the time you were composing the message, you're there. Like you don't even have to fucking send this message yeah, anymore. So fast at that. Like okay, for the uh, aggregators out there, for the because we get thousands of listeners to this podcast you know. every month. For the aggregators, uh, I was working as of grade nine. I had a job at McDonald's, so it wasn't just like rich mommy and daddy were throwing things at me. Uh, you know, I had to work for my fifteen minutes a month. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember the first the first I'm phone plans are fucking bullshit too, eh? You have like twelve I'm minutes. Gone. You have a hundred texts. Twelve minutes, and if. You- if you accidentally log into the internet on your phone, it cost you like seventy four dollars. I say, did either, did either I remember ever... the first time I went over my yeah, mom oh, no. just explained to me the concept of yeah, even you're, a ten yeah, second you... phone call is cost a yeah. minute. Yeah, you're impoverished. You're just broke after you go over. I remember like I can't remember exactly how, how we ended up settling it down, but I was like I need a text messaging plan. Like, I was like, you don't understand. And they're like, why don't you just call and whatever? And I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, it's uncool. It's un- they won't answer. It's not cool anymore. Exactly. <laughs> but no, it, it's not- text a month, though? Yeah, exactly. That's it. And you're checking them. And there's a tracker in the phone. You're like, I can't send any more text messages. Like, I have yeah, exactly. text it's left. Like, I can't do this. Yeah, it's the girl you like texting you back. And you're like, I better make this work real quick. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have. I can't, I can't have a lot wait, of back and forth. I can't forth. wait next. Yeah, exactly. You're like, yo, yo, can you hit, hit? Yeah, yo, can you hit me back on the first? Is it possible for you to text me on November first, please? <laughs> oh, hold I know on. it's October. Hold on. Oh, you want I, to talk on the phone? Yeah, you want? To, I can talk on the phone. I got 46 minutes left for you, babe. But yeah, <laughs> And, uh, unlimited income. <laughs> Hold on, let me find a payphone. Let me find a payphone. Yeah, let me find a payphone. I got three quarters. How much are we talking about? But do you remember unlimited incoming calls was the thing? Yes, yes, yes. Text people to call me. Call, call, call me. me. A text call to call me. for sure. But then it's like if you knew someone with like a landline, or whatever, you'd call you'd, and you'd pay for the minute to be like, call me back. And then call like, me back. Call. Hang up. Yeah. <laughs> Five yeah, seconds. You were, you were chilling. You were chilling after yeah. that. Yeah, you're good. Or, or you know, and then and then you know what the next breakthrough was after? It's like, yo, my phone's free after six. Unlimited <laughs> nights clock. and weekends. Yeah, unlimited nights and weekends. So someone would look at the phone, bro. It's six oh one. Give me your phone. You're like, oh, dude. The guy in the the guy in the crew who didn't have unlimited nights and weekends used to hit you up whenever he'd be out. I had a buddy. I had a buddy. I think I think you guys might have met. His name was his name's Biggie. His name's Paul Biggie, and he never had a cell phone up until like recently and i talk about recently like in the last like 10 years like he got a cell phone in like 2010 like way after everyone else so what he would do is if he was going out with people he would tell his friends who he was out for and they would just call us <laughs> okay and they would just call yeah. us and be like i want to talk to paul and like i had no idea i was gonna about to get an incoming call so i pick up my phone from like this unknown number like back when that was a thing people did 
Yeah. And I'd be like, yo, Paul, it's for you. And he would just take the phone out of my hand and walk away and have a full-on conversation. And he's like, no, nah, it's good. He has free incoming. It's not an issue. <laughs> I'm like, don't give my number to fucking strangers. He's like, they need to contact me. I remember this so vividly. It was such a dick move. But like, I appreciated the hustle. He's like, trying to get laid and he'd have a phone. I was like, all right. Whatever. We, I, I genuinely spent so much time at Grumpy's and we didn't, most of us didn't have cell phones or whatever. That right. we call Grumpy's to be like, is like, is John there? And they'd be like, sure. <laughs> Like and genuinely and like it's funny because it was like literally like Ram and stuff still and I was like and it blows my mind that Ram would do that for us knowing Ram now I'm like what why would you do that he's like whatever you guys drank here a bunch yeah so, because that's yeah. how that's how you, if if you're there and your buddy's gonna show and meet you they're gonna have some drinks right because yeah. what you want to avoid as a bartender is people leaving to meet people right like they're gonna be there yeah exactly. so like now now he doesn't have to do that anymore right like the first yeah. he did that the last time like twelve years ago it's done. Yeah, Ram would bring the cordless to someone, then we would talk for a few minutes, then we'd hand it back. We're like, there was a point where like there was a couple of us could leave messages for each other at Grumpy's. That's so funny. <laughs> and like, yeah, Ram got real pissed about that too. He was like, because it was there was like a a couple of the one of the guys was kind of dating one of the bartenders at it, which I think is how that part started. Like handing the phone was one thing, but then he's like, why are they why are there notes here with messages for these guys? Could you imagine? Like, let's say you were growing up in the nineties. You were already in your thirties. You would yeah. go to like a cafe or or a bar. Be like, hey, hey, how you doing, doll? Can I use the phone real quick? And you yeah. just make your daily calls. Check yeah. in with your mom. But, but I, I was lucky too because I was bitching. I was bitching to my dad when I was a teenager. I'm like, Dad, she didn't text me back. My dad would be like, Let me tell you about calling the house, boy. <laughs> Let me tell you about calling the fucking house, right? Maybe you need to speak to her father before you. Yeah, call exactly. Her. Oh my and god! Then, uh, and then you can I talk to Jocelyn? And then you have to hand off the phone, and then she like acts like she doesn't remember who you are. My dad was like so vivid about it too. He's like, "You don't understand. Not getting a text message back is a fucking blessing. Like you don't understand how it was when I was growing up." I was like, oh, shit. oh shit! That's a, that's a, he's a real one. I shouldn't fuck with this. This is so funny. For me, spending so much time on landline phones because i was like <clears throat> i oh, we, didn't, yeah. we didn't have cable uh growing up so like talking on the phone with my friends became like very much one of my like monday to friday evening like rituals whatever we would conference people in and have like five or six people all on the phone and all that that was that was For my sure. like, grade 9 10 11 conferencing was the best we, we were so far ahead of the game considering this quarantine <laughs> <laughs> We, we we brought conferencing to the next level, too, because so calling from the North Shore to the South Shore was long distance. Oh, right? shit. Yeah. Different area so codes. Calling from the like North Shore to Montreal wasn't. So we would call up our buddies in Montreal. Then the Montreal guy would call to the South Shore and then they would conference everybody in t- together. So we would jump the like we would jump the long distance. Right. Because I only wow. called the Montreal number huh. and the Montreal number called into a South Shore number. So now I was on the phone with someone from the South Shore because there was a middleman in Montreal who was like doing the conferencing. The early like, '90s phone company getting screwed by teenagers didn't even know it. But yeah, but also, but like picking up, uh, like imperceptibly, any kind of a click or like a slightly different thing in uh, in audio quality because you're like that meant someone picked up the phone on your end and was listening in, like yeah. uh, your siblings or your mom or whatever, and you're sort of like you just hear like a little like you know, a little like. A bit more of a hiss, and you're like, "Get off the phone, mom!" Like you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, That's "Stop so trying funny. to lie on me!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm my own person. Why are you listening in? 
Yeah, exactly. That's oh, it. you yeah. we were still using dial-up internet. Yeah. Mm. Get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you pick up the phone and your mom's internet oh, drops. Times. And now, now it's. Uh, I was gonna know, say that much, uh, much easier. Yeah, dude. I, I, yeah, you were just saying that before, Chris. Like, just like, like, I don't. What's going on right now is not fun and it sucks. But like, if it would had been going on like as little as maybe like ten or fifteen years ago, it would be so much worse. Like, no video calls. Well, that's the like, thing I say too. Is like, cause like, like, like my grandmother right now is in. My grandmother's right now is in a home, right? She's in a not home, but she's in a residence. But my yeah. grandmother likes to go out. She likes to, you know, whatever. She's just confined to her room. It's not like us. We have our phones. We have social media. We have whatever. We, we can play games. Whatever it is, we're fine. Like her, it's like, what the fuck right. do you do all day? How much yeah. hours of TV could you watch? Like, you yeah. do cross, like, she's, you know, crosswords and stuff. But still, it's uh, the generational difference with, with the tech. Yeah. It's like, it's the tech is helping us get through this a lot. For sure. As opposed yeah. to, remember oh, the ice storm? Yeah. And the ice storm, when... And phone lines that, were down, so like you couldn't. That talk. was talk yeah, about yeah. nostalgia. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, that but, was but that's like the only thing I compare this thing to is the ice storm for us, and that was like two weeks of shutdown. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine we've been two months now. It's like we're so used to it, but I feel so. Oh, uh, Keith, I gotta go soon, though. Keith, I gotta start supper here. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll wrap stuff up and you can get back to your salsa. But do you do you want to? Uh... You boys were talking about comedy. Do you want to? You want to touch on that? You have you have thoughts and theories. Do you want to share the future of comedy? Well, with- I don't think we're going to get any comedy back until twenty twenty one. That's my my big my big take on this whole thing is that mm-hmm. I don't foresee us being able to do that before post twenty twenty one, and it's uh, it's like it's. The idea of the festival coming back in the fall was a nice idea at first, but now it just doesn't seem feasible in any way. Mm-hmm. So, but I was gonna say, even so club it, work, yeah, and it's yeah, I was gonna say, well, it depends. Like for me, I mean, I don't want to be, I guess, overly optimistic, and I don't know what the metrics and the numbers and whatever that would be. But I was like, but I feel that if there's like, if restaurants can open with people six feet apart, like an empty club could open with people six feet apart like it, it's, a, it's a small shitty night like without a big turnout but it's something yeah but at this point when do you when do you foresee restaurants opening at this point when do we see that happening i could see the fall but you're right you're right that before before we can even think about live entertainment we got to get you know restaurants have to be back and running i just i don't know well uh, i'm thinking you talk to if you look at if you look at what's going on in china where they're like restaurants have opened up with smaller tables, six feet between the tables, and you wear a mask at all times. You can only take the mask off to like literally eat. And when your waiter, your waiter will stand six feet away from you, you put your mask back on, and then he comes and takes your order and whatever, and then you can take it off again to eat. That's kind of what the 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 restaurant opening world of China. And I'm like, I can see that. You ever Maybe go to those? The uh, you ever go to those Japanese you know, sushi places where you have a tablet at your desk, like the table, and you punch it yeah, in, and then someone just brings you the food and they fuck off? I think that's kind of where we're mm-hmm. headed in terms of comedy and the live venue. I think it's so heavily based on the energy you have in the room, and like not to discredit all the people who are like putting out videos <laughs> and shit, 
But that's obviously yeah, people yeah. still need an outlet to be creative, especially in a time like this. But like for me, I'm not I don't know how to edit video. I don't I can't make a music video. I don't do like sketches and shit. So for me, like the live performing of stand up comedy is really like the pinnacle, the paramount for me. So the fact like if that takes longer to get back and it can be done in a safe way, that's what I'm looking forward to. I think the art form is going to be changed. There's going to be a before and after moment in it for sure. And I think it's something that we have to adjust to. What I was saying, if you're like technically, and again, I don't want to make assumptions. I don't want to, I'm not encouraging anyone to do this and be unsafe. I'm saying like, if the government and scientists and doctors and everything say this is a safe way, like I said, like if you have an audience sitting six feet apart and the audience have masks on your, your standup can be like, kind of on the stage with a good little distance between him and the audience, you're still getting a live thing sure. that's going on, obviously smaller numbers, like, but you know what I mean? I'm like, I feel that there's a moment where that yeah. becomes safe. Maybe in the fall. Like maybe, uh, but even like for, you know, for Corbett, for Corbett and I both, a lot of the money we make in, in comedy is directly tied to like charity, charity events and corporate events. And mm -hmm. that stuff's not coming back for sure. Yeah. 2021. Well, like there's just no way I see that. I feel I feel charities are going to do big business very right, but we, we're talking about we're talking about the events when you have like 250 people in a hall I don't or know. something, right? Like that kind of shit. So that's the kind of thing where. Yeah, yeah, or or in a theater, like towards the people in the theater, like how uh, uh, just your Keith, like how how you know if they everything gets lifted in a month, are you going to be like? Yeah, I want to go be. I want to go crab, be cram into a club soda and watch a comedy show or a concert. Yeah, no, but are you like, gonna are you gonna do that? Like, are, are I mean, I like if if there's like measures in place, I would like I I would absolutely try to reignite the things. If I'm like if every like, but like that that's the thing is I think that what venues need to do. And I, and again, I'm like these models I can fully acknowledge are not as profitable. They're not making as much money. But just like in the name of trying to get stuff back into place. I would absolutely, if I'm like, if the venue is going to say people are going to be seated six feet apart and everyone's going to have to wear a mask, we all know that if everybody's wearing a mask, there's like a 1.5. Well, this is my point. Done. I will go and drop $15 or $20 and go see some live shit. Like, if the venue's taking care of me as an audience member, I'm not going to do the Georgia version of it's, it's all yeah. okay now and it's fine. No, no, I'm not. But if a venue is going to take care of me and make put in things that are going to say, we're doing this as safely as possible. I will absolutely be like one of the first guys in there in line, willing to put down some money to try to get. Like, I, I appreciate the I appreciate that opinion. That. I don't know about the person who's casual about entertainment, though. You are very indelibly linked with the art, the arts in Montreal, fan, right? Yeah. Whereas people yeah. who like there are some comedy shows before COVID, where it was a struggle to get people in the doors, a struggle to get people to fill up a room, right? And I, I, I think it's going to kind of, but it's going to go both ways. I think like, I think there are going to be some people who are nervous, but then I think there are going to be some people who are just so eager to That's get fair. out and do something yeah. that even though it, there yeah, is, I think the greater, my, my greater point it would be the, for, for a charity event, let's say if you were to do a charity show, we've done Lawrence and I have both done like big, big charity shows at club soda. And where it's yeah. 450 people, 
And the char- those all those charity shows have one thing in common: it's that they need to make as much money as possible. So they need they need the most people in the in seats as possible. They need the yeah. most people out volunteering to sell raffle tickets, prizes, whatever it is. Yeah. All this, all these things are. It's not. Is it worth it to rent the theater to to try and get two hundred people and socially distant right. and. And are the tickets going to be more sure. expensive? Is yeah, but that, that that's what I'm saying. Is like I feel that then there's, and again, I'm I'm not like to your point, Griff. I don't think there's any real return to this in terms of being returning to normal. But I'm like, but just thinking out loud, I'm like, where you have a charity event, you can then yeah, maybe charge more expensive tickets for the in-person experience, which is going to be social distance. But then there's also an online stream, and then everybody on the online stream True. can enter the raffles and whatever. Yeah, like there's ways. Uh, you yeah. know, like it, it's I'm I'm. I, and I know like, that that's just me spitting out some optimistic and I, the logistics of it are complicated and whatever, but it's just like people but it's are going to have wrong to adapt. Because like, like, right, right now, you know, like, being in quarantine, I've been able to save a lot of money, just save money on parking and commuting. And, you know, I don't, I don't eat out every day yeah, and like all that yes. kind of shit, right? So I'm in a position now where when things come back, I can spend a little bit more money to support the industries I care about because I have that money now saved up a yeah. bit, right? So I, there's definitely, I think, point mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. But I think also it's going to be an interesting look at how anxious people are to be in crowds and be around other people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. But there's going to be, like I, I, like I said, I feel there's probably going to be people falling into both camps. I feel that as soon as, if someone said, like, Oceaga's happening as planned, I feel there'd still be thousands of people there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but Oceaga's not happening as planned. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm aware. No, but I'm just saying, but like, if all of a sudden they made that switch, like we've seen it in the states, where as soon as they're yeah. like, "Oh, the beaches the are, all are lifted," people are showing up. And, yeah, exactly. People are showing up and spending money. Personally, I feel like, like Americans they, are a lot, a lot more careless than us. Yeah. as a group. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I live very, I live very close to the canal. <laughs> and it's a lot of joggers. Like literally, I, joggers. And Everyone's stuff. a fucking jogger now. Every, like that that doesn't bother me but there was like literally a circle of like 15 to 20 people seated like at most two to three feet apart and just all just drinking and then and what got me is like we walked by we saw the circle of people were like Ugh. like because we were we were just going and doing our groceries and they were, were walking coming back and then what was hilarious i was like they were getting up and, and packing up and leaving and there was one person who was going around picking up the garbage from everybody else. And I was like, well, you just undid the thing. I'm like, you weren't doing the thing very well to begin with. Cause you're all sitting in a circle only right. about two feet apart. And now someone is picking up the garbage that everybody was like food garbage, like cups and stuff. And someone's picking it all up. And I was like, well, now you're, I was like, what are you idiots? Like, it just, I don't know. I, I like to imagine Canadians are maybe a notch above Americans too, but there's. I had that feeling last Saturday. Cause it was really nice last Saturday. Yeah. Like it was warm. And it's like, you just, I left my like, like this, like little community here and like went out to where like there was, would be more traffic and it was just people everywhere, walking, cars everywhere. It's like, oh wow. Yeah. They they said that the the mixed messages of people not understanding when they were like, oh, we're going to open up some stores, but maintain social distancing. Like my buddy, uh, my buddy Scott, who works at the hospital, he was saying that he was like, when they made the announcement that they were reopening schools and reopening stores. He's like, the amount of people wearing masks on the Metro, like dramatically dropped. And he was like, one doesn't like preclude the other. 
We're yeah. saying like we're doing a good job. We can open up some stores like the grocery stores. You're still going to need to spend six feet apart, wear the masks and do all that stuff. Maybe we, maybe you can buy some money and keep the economy afloat. It doesn't mean start hugging your friends and take no more precautions, you know, like that. He was like, it was literally like night and day. They made the like, oh, we're going to make a return to opening some work. And then he's like less than half of the amount of like masks that you would see on the Metro. And he's like on crowded ass metros. It was like night and day from one week to the next. He's like, also, if you're wearing a mask, if you don't cover your nose, you might as well not be wearing the mask. Bro, Just throwing yeah, it out I've there for the kids. It's it's too many too many people wearing these masks. It's like, yo, it's great that your beard is covered, <laughs> but like, cover I your saw, fucking I, I nose. I saw a wonderful webcomic about it. It's like it's basically one picture. It's a two-panel comic, and one is a mask with a nose hanging out. He goes, "If you wear your mask like this, it's like wearing your pants like this." And the next panel. Is a dude wearing his oh, pants yeah, with his too. balls in the pants, but his dick hanging out on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> that was so fucking accurate. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing has beaten for me. I went down to uh, the Maxi or whatever, doing some groceries, and a lady with the rubber gloves and a mask pulls the mask off, like sneezes onto the food, and then puts the mask back into place. And I was like. No, I was like, I need to leave. I need to, and people were like, I hope you said something. And I was like, no, because I don't want to like, I don't want to engage and suddenly be in a yelling match with someone. Everyone's quick to be like, I hope you said something. Like, yeah, easy yeah. fucking Chuck Norris. Like, we're all right. going to start confronting people yeah. in public for sneezing. But, but on top of that, too, I was like, all you, I was like, do you know what a yelling match is? It's someone getting up in your face and screaming in you, which like, just like, a. Even if, like, it's not something that everybody wants to open the door and jump into, but even if I was like, oh, like, I, my my balls are big today, I'm going to go and scream in someone's face, I don't want someone screaming in my <laughs> yeah. face. This person, yeah. this person, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't this person want doesn't understand that. the new rules, maybe we should keep away from them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, while I could handle potentially someone yelling in my face from, like, an emotional perspective, I don't want to deal with someone yeah. Like up in my face, physically, yeah. like getting not, not to mention every place. time I've done grocery shopping so far, there's been an altercation with either like a patron and like the security guard they have out front, or a cashier, or just somebody. Yeah, someone is. Yeah, someone who the, just, the one non-believer, one person who's smarter than everybody, yeah. just has to go and make a point, and then all of a sudden there's a kerfuffle, and I'm just trying to buy like four bags of chips so I can eat myself into oblivion. You know, like I'm not to really get. <laughs> I saw one. Yeah, one of my friends on uh, on Facebook was just pointing, and she was like, "I was in like line at the grocery store, and the cashier was like, oh, you can come to this one.'" And then she was like, "Yeah, but there's no like, I can't get around the person like safely." And the person's like, "Oh, I don't mind." And then the cashier was like, "Well, they said they don't mind, mind, so just come." And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I do. I don't want to squeeze. You're telling me to squeeze past people through this narrow way, like." Don't tell me to yeah. do this, man. It's, yeah, crazy. It's bonkers. Uh, All right. Well, let's just go quarantine yourself, boys. Comedy's coming woo, back 2021, woo. January 1st. Yeah, I might have a, a roast, uh, a little Zoom roast that will be released on Friday of next week. Who are you roasting? We tried it out, and then if it works, if people like it, I'm going to get Corber oh, on the next one. Oh, boy. Sorry, Lily. Okay. Just missed the cut. Is it, gonna be like a, is, it gonna, is it like a word, word fight at home? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's a word fight oh. Zoom edition. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, it's two battles. More details to come on the perfect play. Nice. I like the idea of the fact that you're like, we're roasting you at home so you don't even have like a safe place to go back to. <laughs> How comedy is meant to be. <laughs> it's really just about content. Exactly. You know, it's all about the engagement that you have with the <coughs> brand and, and trying to extend it uh, and just trying to maximize your earning potential uh, while you can, you know? Uh, you sound like a kid who has a Blackberry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of us at 19, we're talking you about sound like, you sound like You sound like someone who just got into their first multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> <laughs> the brand strength is really impressive. We've been able to penetrate a certain amount of market share. And that's really pervasive. Just get the engagement, baby. Just get the fucking engagement. Oh. That's all we care about. Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks too. Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.